Good morning and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks for joining us today, friends. My name is Aaron Richards. I'm one of the executive directors here at Damascus, where we're working to awaken, empower, and equip a generation to live the adventure of the Catholic faith. I'm excited to be here today with you. We're recording in the beautiful, illustrious Damascus Media Studio. And once again, I have a treat for you today. Friends, earlier this year, in uh, December 2020, January 2021, for those of you who are listening to the show at a later date, we hosted here at Damascus our very first Empower Young Adult Conference. We had over 300 young adults gathered here at Damascus for what was an amazing, life-changing event. Uh, life-changing for them, life-changing for our staff. It was awesome to see how the Lord moved so powerfully. I've had the uh, the amazing opportunity to to share some of the content of that conference over the course of the last few months. And today I'd like to invite us again to join with our Empower 2020, 2021 conference crew in hearing and being moved by and being formed by a session that was delivered uh, during that event. So this session was originally entitled Shaken. It's it's a reflection on repentance and return to the Lord. And I thought that it might be appropriate for us to join together today to listen, to allow our hearts to be open, to be moved, and to receive all that the Lord Jesus has in store for us uh, friends, thank you for joining us today. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. We are uh, thankfully carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, and I'm excited to be with you today. Let's join in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for the message that you desire to speak to us today. Pray that our hearts will be prepared to receive from you all that it is that you desire. God, that we would not come with expectation, but that we would come with faith, that you could move mountains in our lives. God, shake us of the commitments we've made to ourselves, to others, to this world that are not of you, and return us to the core of relationship and love that everything we do, that every word we speak, that every relationship we foster would be an overflow of your love for us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, this session was delivered by a friend of mine, Mary Bielski. So uh, stay tuned as we um, join with Mary and 300 young adults at the Empower Conference here at Damascus to witness this this life-changing message. Um, I'm a Catholic speaker, and I travel and do ministry. And today I'm kind of coming in uh, with this little sober reality of 2020 and a message of hope, even at the same time. And I see that this is the time. I love that line that they said, is this the time to awaken? Is this the time to see something else in the rubble of the ruins and the brokenness of my own life and my own story? And I'm standing before you as a witness and a proclamation of a wounded healer 
of a God who's done so much work in my own life. For 20 years of ministry, in my own brokenness of depression since I was in eighth grade, anxiety and fear, wondering those same questions that they said on this stage. And I know I stand amongst my wounded soldiers. And I felt like when I was praying, the Lord gave me this image that I was called to be like this coach, to rally the troops, to rally the heart of a God who aches in the pain and and the confusion just as much as we do, and to have the courage to see beyond the rumble, right? Beyond, Beyond the chaos of the shaking, which is not just out there, It's in our own rooms, it's in our own homes, it's in our own fears. And tonight, I want to take the chaos of the shaking of our culture and bring it right to our hearts, to a place where God wants to redeem the ruins, not just in the world, but very much in our own being of who we are and what we believe about ourselves. And I don't want to give BS. I want to call a church to rise, and it's it's going to draw us into great courage tonight. It's going to cause us to rumble, not just with the world, but our very selves. You hear what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I want to co- I'm like, come on, my, my little coach, my little people. I've been like, I feel like it's, it's the time to rally the troops, but, but in a different way. It's not just about rising up. It's about getting down. It's about a way and a posture of our heart that is different than the world. And it's a way of stripping everything in us that is not of him. And I say that in a place of great poverty. 2020 wrecked me. How about that for an opening session, right? And if you're in this room and you've had some moments of doubting like this skit, if you've wrestled with those questions at night over a million Zoom calls and wearing the same outfit for freaking eight days in a row and not showering and and masks and confusion and fear and the future and your own stuff over and over again, then you're part of this rally. You're part of what God's doing right here and right now. I love this scripture of Haggai. I love this moment because the people in this scripture, you know, the prophets, um, all throughout scripture, the prophets were, were, were like the warners, the horn blowers in the culture today. And we, we heard a little bit of that last night with Dan. We heard about the rally of God, like awakening what's happening. But in the story, um, we don't really get the context fully because these are people that like, they were like building their own houses. They were doing their own thing. And many of us have been like kind of doing that in ministry. Some of you, I felt like the Lord, like this is like my people. Like I'm with, I'm like, yes. Like the hands are up. There's energy. There's passion. And many of you have a love for the Lord. And some of you are on that journey in all different places. But the people in the Haggai, like they had started to repent and start building. And what they built was pathetic. You ever have that moment in ministry? You're like, I'm going to just go save the world. You like go to this, go to the Empower Conference. You're like, yes. Then you have a small group and you're like, no, right? Or you, or you have a moment of like that conversation with your family or just the reality of life and you feel like the poverty of just who you are. And it's in this moment where it, it says in Ezra, right? There's a, there's a scripture in Ezra that's actually speaking of Haggai that the older generation is weeping, is weeping. And I don't know if you've seen grown men weep. I, don't, I mean this in a place where I feel like I don't think we get the depth of the ache of the people of Israel. The promise. The promise that I think all of us know that sense of disappointment in our lives. 
The promises that we think, whether it's finding that person of our dream or the college that we want or the school that we had or dreams of hopes of inspiration of ministry or just dreams that your family would be different or your relationship with your dad would be different or something would be different. Dreams of a hope of all the scriptures we just throw on our wall and we say, God bless you. And in the midst of all of it, sometimes it just doesn't seem enough. And in the midst of all that, right, there's a people, right, that are weeping in the midst of all of our, all of our trials and all the things that we've done just, just doesn't seem to bring the glory. And then he says, oh great, now that you're weeping, I'm going to shake you. And you're like, okay, I want to just give context. So they're already struggling to build. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You probably have struggled in your own lives to build and create and do. And then he says, no, 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 there's a promise. I'm going to read this to you because I think I I spent some time praying through this because the people are already discouraged and 2019 was hard too (laughs) you know what I'm saying like 2019 I was like 2020 you know like my mom passed away I had a herniated disc I had I mean I was like in I was like come on 2020 and then and then this Come on now, people, like, I'm not saying that, oh, just 2020 came, like, some of us have been in a long journey, amen? Some of us have been on this long journey, and some of you are just beginning, and in the midst of even the struggle, he says, oh, now I'm going to shake you, and I think to myself, why? Why would he say, I'm going to shake the nations? I'm already shook. Like, I already have, like, anxiety, God, and now you're, you're going to give me more and more, because I, I, the sense of my heart is this, is that anything... The castles that we build, the towers of Babylon that we create in our own power must come down. And I want to tell you as a woman of God that what God has wrecked me in is not even about the world. It's been the towers in my own heart. It's been the places of my own self that I put a good ministry sticker on it. And here, I say that as a woman of God who, I love Jesus, y'all. Like, I love him. Like, I am wearing the t-shirt. I have the, the band. I am, like, in. And yet, this season, God is doing something that's greater. And if we don't have eyes to see, we can make this about COVID. We can make this about the world that just needs Jesus instead of a people that are reformed, that are part of our own hearts. Like, we can make it about them instead of what God's doing in us. And I know in this room, and come on, my people, I know in this room there are people here that need the gospel. And I'm not talking about a small little word. I'm talking about the real changing power of Jesus. And it's here now. It's in my own heart. As I'm standing behind stage, right, and I'm thinking, God, are you going to speak tonight? God, are you going to show up tonight in my family? As I'm worried and they're praying with me, like, do I believe that God is greater than the rumbles? Not out there, but in here. And I want us to disturb the rumbles of what we've seen in this year. Like that video. Nations have shook. Nations. 200 nations battling COVID. Struggling with war and death. And God is shaking us. And if we don't have eyes to see, we can let distractions of the world, the rattle of the enemy, the movement of our poverty to get in the way of the greatest revival this church has yet to see. And I believe, men and women of this church, Dan was right when he spoke about 
the rumbling and the echo as you hear this behind me of a God that comes in the midst of the broken, the unseen, the God that stands before the crucified king, a God that takes what is foolish to the wise. I'm going to show the, just the image behind me, right? That takes the wisdom, uses the foolishness of God to just rebuke the wisdom of the world. To show a different way of living than what this world so shows us. Like a different way of victory. And it's, cross, it's, it's different than our culture. It's different than what God even says. Like um, the scripture, I'm going to just read some of these. Just to let you zone in on the Lord here. And so it was me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you. I didn't come with eloquent or human wisdom. I came with the power of God. I didn't come with the wisdom of the world. I came with the crucified king. And I just feel like in this time, God's ready to shake us in a way that's unseen in the world. The image that I had in prayer when I was praying was this, was when I was younger, I used to travel. I'm the youngest of five kids. And so in my family, uh, so any youngest out there? Yes, we're definitely the best. Just kidding. I love you firstborns and middleborns, but seriously. Um, but everyone else, like, and so we used to take family vacations and do these great um, trips in, like, the beach and fun things. And so I'm a ginger, and I burn easily. And so I don't go out on the beach very much, except for with lots of, with, uh, lots of tan um, screen. Thank you very much. And so in the beginning, I used to go out really early, and there was this epic storm when I was a young girl. And I remember when it was storming out, all of the debris came out from the sea. I mean, and as I was praying about what God's doing in the shaking right now, what is God doing in this season that right now in this church, God is doing something that's epic. God is doing something to bring revival that what, what Haggai is talking about in the movement of God is I really believe that we're living in a time that God is awakening the church. And the first place that he always begins is with his own people. The place that he wants to restore is in the first Peter that he first has to bring justice into the own house of God. That means it begins with us. That means the idols in our hearts, the places of our own brokenness, the places that we need to rattle. And I remember the storms that sometimes we see and we wonder, God, why are you doing this? I remember that just going out in the morning and just seeing the masses of, I don't know if you've ever seen a storm. I live in Louisiana and so there's like hurricanes and rubbage. But after the storm, when you go near the beach water, every dirty trash nastiness gets pulled up on shore. And I remember being this little girl and walking on the shore and looking at the broken pieces. Looking at the rubble and, and, and the, the, the plastic and memories of people like a t-shirt and things that, that were part of people's lives that just somehow got pushed down and sunk to the bottom. And somehow in the world that we live in, we can't, we can just fool ourselves that it's not there. You know what I'm saying? There's stuff in your life. There's places in my own journey that God, sometimes we just kind of push it down. We just hide it in the water and we just put on the ministry face or, the, or the, the Instagram filter. And all of a sudden the storm will come. And why does God do that? So that we can, so in his mercy, right? He, he, he lets the storm come, right? So that we can see what's actually in our own heart. So we can just rumble. I don't know what it's been like for you in this year. I don't know like what you've rumbled with during COVID. I want you to think for a moment for God. Just I'm going to ask the Lord as we begin because I don't want this to be like a nice little talk. I want the Lord to touch the very debris 
the very stuff that's come on shore of your life this year. And see, he doesn't just want to just go, oh, there's the stuff, yep. There's an intimacy that he's drawing you into in that. Where he wants to pull up this broken piece of glass and say, let's talk about this. He wants to pick up the plastic, right, of your dreams or hopes or fears and say, will you let me hold this? He wants to walk in a deeper place of intimacy. And so we can avoid all that stuff in the world that we live in. And I'm going to jump right in there. Uh, Friends, I hope that as Mary shares what might be a, a convicting message for us, that we'd be able to join with her and to not let these words just fall on deaf ears but actually allow our hearts to be moved. We're going to take a a short break, and then we're going to be right back to hear more of um, Merit Bielski's response at our Empower Conference here at Damascus. We'll be right back. He was a Jesuit, a cardinal, and a doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Robert Bellarmine is honored for his immense contributions to theology, including helping to draft two important catechisms that defended church teachings during the Protestant Revolt. Pope Clement VIII named Bellarmine a cardinal because, as the Pope put it, Bellarmine had not his equal for learning. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Want the latest pro-life news? Want it delivered? Sign up. It's free. EWTN Pro-Life Weekly, your source for everything happening now in the fight to protect the sanctity of human life. New episodes delivered every week to your inbox. So if you really want to know, sign up today. Go to EWTN.com forward slash pro-life today. We can run and, and we have a whole church of people that are hiding, hiding from their brokenness hiding from their weakness they could put a good instagram filter and i'm not just i'm on instagram but just the, i'm please i'm with you on this but it's really easy to hide in our human works and there's a place where god wants to bring us that's deeper church that's deeper than the world knows and when we empty when we get to that place where everything that is not of him i want to tell you when i found jesus he like wrecked my life like wrecked me, like I struggled with depression, anxiety, wrecked my life. I'm in it. I thought I was going to be a nun. I was going to try. I mean, I wanted to be a missionary for the Lord. And like, the, the, but that was like the journey that just began. Because the beginning part was just giving him my heart. And then he said, no, 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 I, I want all of your heart. I want everything. See, what no one tells you, and I want to be like the coach and the mama to draw you into those wounds, like that gives you permission with the lover of the universe to go deeper how, to his breasts, the breath of a God that calls you by name despite all of our imperfections, the depth of a God that sees me. I can't spell. Y'all, I can't spell. I'm constantly late. I'm insecure. I, I mean, Mary, me, when I found his love for me, erratically just shattered my life. The gospel of the loving God that changes us in the beginning of my journey, I said yes to Jesus, but, but like what I want to invite those of you who are just on this journey, he's going to ask for more. And what no one told me, I don't know if I would have said yes, because he's asked for everything. Every lie, every place of insecurity, every place that I need to control, 
Everything that's not of him, he's going to burn it away and shake it off. Just like the rumbling of a tree that has, you know, if you ever see those, dread, those dead branches, he's going to shake the tree out of mercy to say, you, don't, you, weren't, you weren't made for death. You were made for life. You were made for triumph. You were made to be connected to me in such an intimacy that nothing can shake you. And those dead branches that hold you down are not my branches. And it's time, young people, that we hear the greater call to rise. That's what they were talking about on the stage. To rise, not in our own power, not in our own ability. Y'all, I can't do crap. But a God that sees me in my imperfection and meets me in the rubble with a woundedness and a brokenness on the cross that is beyond words and an intimacy that will shudder the the, the stations of death in the world. And I just want us to go a little bit deeper. I want us to just move a little bit harder today. And I want us to fall in in our faces into a God that just loves us despite ourselves. And every little place in our heart, on on that shore of your heart this year, of 2020, Every little part of your heart. That even I remember when, I, when COVID first hit, um, I live in New Orleans, so it's kind of crazy there. And in the beginning, like, you remember in the beginning of all this stuff, like, we didn't know if it was real. I just remember even like, is this even real? Is this the flu? Like, it was just like all this confusion and then the news and like, yeah, I'll just saw that video. So I don't need to go into it. But I remember this day that I went out and um, I get hangry a lot. And so I'm really pleasant unless I'm hungry or tired, like it's no good. So I was having this day where I um, was hangry and so I was not in the best of mood and I was, it was right when all the COVID stuff started to happen and I was going to um, Trader Joe's, which is like heaven besides Target. And um, like, come on now people, or TJ Maxx. And um, they just needed an adoration chapel. But anyway, but I would leave in a Starbucks. But keep focused here. My point is, and my point is, is I was going to Trader Joe's and like, and I was, I was angry. I was annoyed. I was running late and they had to like, you know, they're, they're distancing us. This is, you know, all my like, this isn't even real. And I'm like, kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm not, you're showing my little colors. It was not my best moment. And I was just, I was just angry. And there's been maybe moments where that, that seashore has come up and maybe bitterness in your heart. This is a culture of convenience. Here I am, I have to put on a mask. And, and God's like, would you, do, would you be obedient in that for me? Regardless of what you think. Would you have a posture of your heart? And then I, I like kind of had this like arrogant, like, oh, I'm great. And then I went, I had to go to another place. I went downtown to like um, Walmart and it was a different population of folk in New Orleans and like no one was wearing a mask. And all of a sudden I like swung to the other side where I was like looking at everyone. I'm like, we're going to die. Like every, like all of a sudden, it was like in the beginning where I'm like, why aren't people wearing masks? There should be rules here. Like, I just got all paranoid because I didn't know what was going on. And like within this short period, it was like, anyone feel like they've been on a roller coaster this year? It's like one minute you're this and that. And it's like this waves of, of, of the storms of just in our own heart. Of my own, like, like my inability just to, to surrender, my, my American culture that I have to have everything fed to me. And now I have to be on Zoom all day and I'm complaining about that or I'm annoyed that things aren't easy. And you know what? God didn't call us to easy. He called us to resurrection. He called us to a life that's different than the world. And suddenly all of we little lovely Americans, and I say this as someone who grew up in a little suburb with wonderful friends, private schools, that we get a little uncomfortable and we see what's in our hearts. And sometimes he draws us into the wilderness. He does this with Israel. He draws them into the wilderness, right? The, the, the trek could have taken to go to the promised land just a week. And then he draws them into the wilderness. He shakes them in their very place so that they could see their own hearts. 
And what God is doing in this season in the shaking of our culture is he's letting us see and expose what's in our very hearts. And so when I talk about, I'm talking about like two little areas of our hearts of what I've seen in COVID during these last two, 2020. And I just want to be vulnerable. I feel like I just want to draw you in as a coach, but also like that moment where I just want to share like what God's really touched in me. Because he's brought me into a place where I've never been in greater poverty in some ways. Um, not because of even the stuff out there. I mean, really, it's just been, I felt like God was like, you know, I've traveled around the, I'm going to get emotional, and you know, I've traveled around the country to preach the gospel. And there's been moments that he's like, Mary, you care more about Facebook than you do me. There's been moments in this time where my inconvenience and my own self, and I say that not as a, a conviction, but as a place where God in his mercy is showing me my own heart. Those places of insecurity and those places of fear. And I remember even with like, I remember, do you remember when, when first COVID hit, I felt like the whole world was just going busy, busy. Like there was a million um, virtual conferences and it was like everyone just freaked out like mayday. Something happened and all of a sudden all your defense mechanisms came into high gear. Some of you guys cleaned your closets, right? Some of you guys like, like did extra program. You're like, okay, this is going to be fine. I'm just going to get some really cute masks. It's going to be fine. I'm going to do this. I'm going to clean my closet. I'm going to get these programs done to just medicate ourselves right, to medicate ourselves from what God was really doing in the wrestling and the shaking of my own heart. Because he doesn't want to clean your closets, right? He wants to clean your very heart, clean your very brokenness, and um, it's really easy to hide. And so as you begin today, I want you to think for a moment just what has been washed up on shore, As I began um, in the beginning of 2020, as God started wrestling, the, the first area that I think the gift of the shaking is that he's exposed our hearts. I began to talk about these. He started exposing the things of places of fear, the fear of man. A big word not mean like, meaning like I'm f- afraid of other people, but the fear of what other people think. And really, my journey, like honestly, I was like, Lord, do you want me to talk about social media? He's like, I do want you to talk about social media. I'm like, really? Because there's like, he's like, I want you to talk about social media. Because I think what's, what's so interesting when I started this whole idea is my relationship and showing me like when everything was stripped for me, when our time is not our own, when we have only Zoom, to show me where I find my identity where I find my likes, where I find that source of myself. And I remember the beginning journey with you. Maybe that's you. Maybe, I don't know. It's, come on, is anyone with me on this? These moments where you're like out there and, and this, what's going on today is not even about that. There is a battle, but God is striking your heart to look at what's in there. Like, do you believe, like beyond the likes of the world that I'm enough? Do you believe that in the life, beyond all the accolades, could you never speak again, Mary Bielski? Could no one say your name? Could you stand up and just say that, that you're the savior of my life, despite all the great things about a talk or about this and that? And I want to tell you, there was a fear in my own heart. Like, who am I without this? Or your grades? Or your future? Who are you, right? In the midst of all of it, like... In the end of the day, if he's stripped, and I want to tell you that in my sense of what's coming, and I don't want to freak you out, but I kind of want to freak you out, is that I believe that more is coming. And when I say more, there will be more destruction. I, I believe that we are, that, that 2020, I know some of you are like, it's 2021, new day, new day. You're all like, yes. Like, I want to know there's more coming. I think he's not done shaking. I think it's just the beginning. I think it's just the beginning of the shaking. There's going to be more. There's, and, and I don't say that as a fear. There's also going to be more grace. 
Like we're living in a time that when sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. So there's no fear in my heart. Like I'm just saying, okay. But, but I want to just call us into a posture to say, we have to get on board or we're not going to be ready. We're not going to be ready to what God's doing. Not like just even in your own lives, in your own families. If we don't say, God, you have to break me. You have to take every part of my heart that is not yours. You have to bring me to my knees. And that is the scariest, I mean, let me just tell you this. It is the scariest yes and yet the most glorified yes you'll ever give in your life. When you say, God, you can have everything. All of it is yours. Today we're celebrating Our Lady. And I think we talk about her as like, oh, she's just so great, wonderful. But that, that total yes in obedience there's been seasons in my life to say, Mary, would you give me your, like there was a time in prayer, he said, would you give me your weapons? I was like, weapons? Because he's always asking me for more. I'm like, I've given you a lot. Like I've left, I used to be, I used to sell drugs for a living, legally, legally. I was a pharmaceutical sales rep and I left my sales job. I'm like I left my sales job. I did, and then each time he's like, would you give me? And then, but in the beginning, it's like he asked for those places of your sin. Places maybe some of you here struggle with pornography. You don't feel like you can, he's going to say today, would you start to face that? Rely on my grace and not your own. Would you bring it to your brothers in Christ and will you battle for that place of your purity of heart? So some of you today here are struggling with deep despair. Places of your heart that you don't believe that God can resurrect and you're looking at the bones and saying, and he's like, can, do you think I can resurrect it? And honestly, in your heart, you don't. You don't believe that God is big enough for this wound or this brokenness or this trauma. And you stand in the rubble and, and, and like here we could lift our arms. But when you go home and you're quiet in your room and, the, and the, everything's silent for just a moment, you're not sure if he's enough. Would you say, God, give me the faith today? Rumbling with those places in our heart, right? And for me, like when I began, I, like he's even asked me, because in the beginning he's going to ask you for your hardcore sins, right? Like the, the stuff that's like obvious, right? And then like as he goes in, it's like a fine surgeon where he takes every little bit the thoughts that we have that aren't his thoughts, the ways that we have that are not his ways. Like, and there was a season where he, like I said, he said to me, um, will you give me your weapons? I'm like, weapons? He's like, the weapons you use against yourself. The weapons that you use to chastise, because those aren't my weapons. Those aren't my words. And part of the battle that we have, young men and women, is that we have to start believing who he says we are and who he is, right? We have to start believing in the greater story. And like part of that is like, like I think a lot of us are waiting for God to zap it out of us, right? He's right. I mean, that's my whole story. It's like I've gone to every event. I've gone to everything. You can ask Sarah and Monica, my deep friends who have stood by my side. I love these women so much and journeyed with me in these deep places. But there also comes a point where he says, I need you to say yes. And I need you to let go of your old story. And I don't know what story you've believed about yourself in 2020. And I, and some of you are like, story? The story you tell yourself when no one's listening. The story you believe about your, who you are in this world. Because some of us are believing a story that isn't his, and God's here to tell you a greater story. A story of a God who shakes the nations. 
A story of a God who reigns greater than every king um, and, and political figure. A God that is so great by name, every knee shall bend in the name of Jesus Christ. The story of a God who enters into darkness and sins and, and there is nothing that can overshadow him. A story of a God that loves you with such profound love that nothing that you can do can break you from that intimacy. A God that that wrestles with you and in you and for you that lives and moves in a way that the culture hasn't even seen. And when we get a taste of that, when we get a little rumbling of a real shaking, not the shaking of the culture or COVID, the shaking of a sin that has died in Jesus' name and a new resurrection that's coming that can claim he is the glorified king. And wait, when we have that theory that the hopefulness, all nations will bow. And I'm telling you right now, we need to get that message. We need to get that, that story of the real story. This is what Haggai's talking about. Haggai's talking about a promise to a people that don't even see it. And some of us here, it's like, we want it, we believe it. I'm, I'm not saying that for my own heart. And he says, I want to shake it. I want to shake you for some greater glory. So that the treasures of all the nations will come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord. Glory of God's presence. Glory of his love. Even in my inadequacies. Glory when I'm not in control and he is. You know, I often think about the boats, the, the story, the great stories in Matthew 14 where the disciples are, are, are in the storm and I love that story because there's these little nuances in scripture that if you do some proper like exegesis, which is like an opening of the scriptures, there's these beautiful little nuances that are in there. And in and, and, and Matthew 14, Jesus actually makes the disciples, which I love that because he makes them go into the storm. He makes them, like the shaking. Like there's a place in God's sovereignty right now that even the work and the trials is his great sovereignty. Like a good father who disciplines those he loves. It said that in Hebrew 12. He disciplines those he loves. Not because he's trying to just break us. Because he wants us to become who we are. We weren't made for sin. We weren't made for pornography, men. Women. 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 We weren't made for destruction. We were made for life. We were made for abundance. And in his discipline, he's like, no, no, no. And sometimes he allows us to have our idols. So that we know that our our idols have nothing to give us. And I say that as someone that God has, is asking me for my own little idols. And, and as, as, as Jesus has sent us out in this boat of this 2020, right? And the waves crash. It says Jesus went up to pray. And I love this, right? Because there's these moments throughout scripture where God actually gives more time. We see this in Luke, I'm excuse me, um, in John uh, 11, right? With Lazarus, the raising of Lazarus. One of his best friends, his homie, his, his man. He finds out, I don't know why I said homie, I never do it again. But, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm like, oh, I work with teenagers, I'm like, long time, no, no. So, so, so in this whole thing, so Lazarus is like dead. And he loves Lazarus and he finds out that Lazarus has died. And what does Jesus do? He goes out longer for two more days. He doesn't go back. He has the remedy and he stays longer. You're like, like sometimes the scripture doesn't even make sense in our, in our human logic. Even, even with the, like the whole idea of shaking. Like, God, we're already broken. You're going to shake us more? Right? Because he wants to show a greater glory a greater glory that we can't see in our, our, our world of numbing and self, self-reliance. And sometimes when he lets us stay on the boat a long time. Listen to all, y'all, it's been a long year. Some of us have been waiting for 2021 for a long time, 
right? And I think in his beauty, I was, I've been thinking a lot about why um, it's been so long. It's like it keeps going longer and longer. And um, in the midst of all of that, I think sometimes he lets us stay on the boat so that all of our self-reliance, all the ways that we've done to manage our world in that boat that we have, and we all have different systems, right? Ways that we manage with control or numbing or relationships, that he lets them stay there long enough so that we know that they aren't reliable, that our boat can't hold us, that our man-made methods aren't enough for the shaking of this culture. You can't look at these television screen of CNN and think that some great logic is going to fix it. You can't look at the, the, the debates that are happening in politics or the, the, the brokenness of the scripts. People rioting with anger and rage and think, oh, we just, we just got to get some good programs together. There's something that God is doing to show us that there's something more than we need that this world can give us. And when we get to get the message of a God that lives and reigns, then the, the thunder of God, the reign of the power of Jesus Christ will come in ways that we'll never see. We'll never know if we get that revelation. And it's not a revelation. Listen to me, y'all. It's not a revelation I can give you. I can't just sit here and be like, know him. You have got to hunger and thirst. Those who seek the Lord. It's the Mount Sinai people who are meek and lowly and see the resurrection and say, God, I need your heart. You've got to change my heart because I don't love like you. I don't see like you. I don't act like you. I have a family and I'm depressed and I have anxiety and I say that right to myself. You've got to get to that place and say, Jesus Christ, I cannot do this. And when we start doing that as a people in the rumble of the ruins, when we start singing the hallelujah of a God who reigns, and lives, that the shaking of the, of the death will come to life and those dry bones over Ezekiel we will prophesy and they will rise. And I'm telling you right now people I'm telling you and I'm getting passionate and I'm spitting all the people up front. Because I'm so tired of being broken. I'm tired of a church being broken. I'm tired of a church just sitting in our stuff. Because we don't know his love for us. We don't believe he is who he says he is. I'm not here saying I'm going to give you a nice message and pat you on your butt. Say, go get him, champ. He's a good coach. You know, like, I know I'm the coach and I'm like, it's going to be something different than what the world says. It's going to be the posture of a woman who was forgotten and unseen in the story of, of Nazareth in a hidden place. And the smallness in a world that never knew her name, that said yes to him, that trusted in him, that knew her poverty and her inability to do anything, that could stand there in Our Lady's beauty. I never got got Our Lady because I'm a little bit fiery. Don't know if you've seen that as I'm out of breath. Um, (laughs) But she's taught me who I am. She's taught me what it looks like to say, all I have is you. Do unto me. Do unto me. I give you my fiat. I give you my yes. I don't know how you're going to fix it, God. I don't know how you're going to fix my family or my own heart. I know I don't look like you, Father. I know I don't think like you, Father. I know I stand in the ruins every day, Father. This is my prayer. I'm just going to pray it with you. I want you to pray with me, church, for God to change us, to change us into his heart, to change us into love like he loves, to see as he sees, 
And I can't give you a nice little message or a program that could do that. It is the Holy Spirit that overshadowed Our Lady. The Spirit of a living God that came to hover. And I believe the glory of God will come into this room, not in our great wonders. Not when we have the answers, but when people prostrate ourselves in our deep poverty and say, you're king and I'm not. And I give you permission to carve everything in my heart that's not you. And I come back to a father that knows my name. And I trust in your story, even though I'm not sure how it's going to end. And now you know why I was insistent that this message would be one that would impact you for the good. Friends, we're going to be right back after this short break, and we'll hear a little more from Mary Bielski about a message that challenges us to allow our hearts to be shaken to their core. The EWTN home video highlight for February is Lourdes with the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word. Go on pilgrimage with Father Joseph Mary Wolf and Father John Paul Mary Zeller to the healing waters of Lourdes, where St. Bernadette first encountered Our Lady and where all are now called to conversion. Order your DVD set at EWTNRC.com 24 hours a day, 7 days a week or call 1-800-854-6316. Then there's a prayer that comes from fear. A lot of people are converted with this kind of prayer. They you know the old saying, there's no atheists in foxholes. Well, I hope that's true. It's amazing that sometimes the greatest conversions happen when somebody is so afraid, they suddenly reach out to God. Maybe their whole life they never reached out to God, and suddenly they cry, Lord, help me. Big conversion. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks for joining us today, friends. Without too much further ado, I'm going to get us right back into this session with Mary Bielski as she wraps up an awesome message at our 2020-21 Empower Young Adult Conference here at Damascus. And there's a great quote by Henry Nouwen that says, everyone's a prodigal son. Anyone that looks for their identity in unconditional love, he says, anyone that looks for unconditional love in a place that it can never be found is a prodigal son. And I feel like all of us in this room, whether or not we're lifting our hands in glory and we're, we all know moments where we try to find our identity and our worth in places that are not him. And part of the repentance Part of the shifting of our heart as we come home. It's just like that prodigal son to say, maybe, maybe there's a father that will call me. And I can live with him and I can abide in him. I, um, I've had a lot of mistakes in my life. And uh, the Lord, and when I remember w- with my father, I, I feel like the father wants to renew his relationship with you. We're talking about the glory of God and these wonderful signs and wonders. It's the revelation of His love for us in our poverty and our inability that He could still love us. Those places, I know for me, I remember one of my greatest stories with my dad. I, I'm the youngest of five kids. I got arrested for shoplifting when I was, yeah, no, I sold drugs, got arrested. <laughs> Just saying. Um, and I share this story often, and I, and I felt like the Lord was like, even if you heard this story, I just, I just love this story of, of me because I feel like my whole life, sometimes there's been big things and then there's been little things that the Lord has, has done to show me. And 
Um, I was in high school at the time, so some of you are in your early, just a couple years. I was like 17 years old, and um, I was trying to fit in with my friends. Long story short, I'm horrible at stealing, and I got caught. Anyway, um, and I remember my dad had to pick me up from, um, from the police station, and it was like epic because I was like a good kid, right? You all know this. I feel like this room is a whole bunch of good kids. Like, like, like maybe not. And you're like, some of you're like, oh, no. Like, but, but I feel like there's a lot of you that are like, you're kind of, and so I was kind of the good kid. I made good grades. I did the good stuff. I, I was getting into college. Like, I was just a couple years older than you. And like, yet I had this secret world. And I think that's what I'm talking about with the deeper levels of intimacy where God wants to even look at the things that are deeper than people see. There's things in your heart that God has been talking to you about in the secret place. And until we let him rumble those places, we're not going to live to the fullness. And I had been living two worlds I have been living, like, I've been doing the Jesus thing, and yet I had, like, this otherworldly view, and um, I'm going to have the musicians come on stage, but I remember this moment that I got caught. I don't know if you've ever had this moment where God has seen, or, like, your dad or somebody else has seen your stuff. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever exposed your heart. Like, maybe during this COVID season, have you ever reacted in a way that you're like, like, I just had something, like, a week ago. I was so filled with shame, not because of the way I reacted, but because others had saw it your comparison, whatever that is, like when someone else sees it, how much that rattles your shame. And I remember this moment that my dad had saw like my imperfection. He had saw the rubble. Um, so my dad and I got into the car and I remember this, this moment, like dad's, my dad was like kind of the, the dad that didn't say much. So all he said is, why'd you do it? And I said, I don't know. The perfect answer for a teenager. I was like, I don't know. We sat in silence for like 20 minutes. We drove home, complete silence. And I was convinced that the father could never love me. You know what I mean? Like there was, I mean, I say this, I just want us, I feel like that there are places that know, there's parts of you that know that Jesus is there. And then there are other places in the depth of that water. Other places in your heart that maybe don't know that you know that you know, like this part, this piece is too much. This sin is too great. This poverty is, is whatever it is. And, and in that place, like, I really had this part, like, the game is up. Like, like he knows. Like, he knows that I'm not this. I love that earlier um, we talked about labels. The labels that you have about who you are, the labels that you have about how God sees you. We have a lot of labels. And in that moment, like, the real label of me being a fraud the real label of me not being good enough, like it was seen and exposed, and it was true. And I feel like for this, this season today, I want to give you the greatest courage that you can have. It's not about storming the castles. As much as Dan did a phenomenal job of saying, go out, change the nations. The greatest courage you can have in your life is to sit at the master's feet and say, will you love me? Will you love me in my brokenness? Will you love me in my poverty? Will you love me in my inability? Would you stand and say my name even though I can't hear it right now? Would you be the God that renews me even though I can? That's courageous because we can do all the faking moves. But until we're here, until we're at that place to say, God, I'm not leaving this spot in this campus until you do something, until you touch me, until you move me. And that's when God moves in his mercy. Because he'll show you that the, the, the father of the universe who doesn't give you a list of to-dos, 
but a God that just calls you home. And it's time to come home, church. It's time to come to the Father's love. Some of you do not know his love. Some of you do not know his, his, his eyes of you every day. We've lost our first love, as it says in Ephesians. Some of you haven't even found it in the first place. And today he's saying, will you let me love you? Not because of what you've done. Not because of the great signs or, or works that you've done. But in the very fact of nothing that you have can be given. And yet he takes it all and says, that's my girl. That's my boy. In this moment with my dad, y'all, it was like the coolest thing. Like, I really thought my dad could never, you know what I'm talking about? Like, moments with your parents. I feel like you're young enough that there's still some parent rumbling in here, apparently. Because that's on my heart a lot. But my dad asked me to go and, and paint the neighbor's room. The, we had this guest room next door. And so when you're in deep crap with your parents, you do whatever they tell you, right? Like, he was like, you want to help me paint? I'm like, yes, sir. Like, yes, Joel Sark. You know, just like, I was like, so broken. I was so broken in that time of my life. I was so alone. And this year, many of you have spent the whole year in COVID just feeling so alone. When the God of the universe says, come to me, right? We don't even know how. In this place that my dad said, would you come and paint the the bedroom? I'll I'll never forget this moment because we had like played some Christian music and I was so depressed and I was so alone in that moment. And my dad, in this moment of like all the rubble of the shore, just being at my feet, he went and he sent me downstairs to get a glass of water. And uh, when I came back up, he took this, i never forget, he took this dark paint. I can still remember the color. Like this dark reddish beige paint. And he wrote across this 18-foot wall, like huge wall, like, I love you, Mary, right? And this 17-year-old girl with all the rubble of the sea in front of the father just fell to her feet, fell to her knee because I couldn't imagine couldn't imagine that my dad could still love me couldn't imagine that the God of the universe would still in the midst of the shaking and the rumbling of the culture in the midst of the lies that we see in the CNN and the bitterness in our hearts that God of the universe could still call our name to still bring us to our knees and say I love you I love you I bled for you that Jesus didn't paint your name on the wall just with some paint but he takes the blood of his son right the father the blood of his son to say I love you I see you And the power of my love is greater than any death, any death of depression, any death of anxiety, any death of addiction in this room, any death of um, fear around your identity and sexuality, any any death, because the blood of Jesus conquers it. And today, brothers and sisters, I just want us to get to this posture, to let the blood of the lamb, the blood of the lamb that would just come over us today. And so where have you been shaken? I, come on, people. I don't, I don't care what's happening in the heavens, but I believe, as Dan talked about yesterday, listen to me, y'all. I think there is a revival shaking, and I think it begins here. And as Dan talked about yesterday, right, the cloud of witnesses standing in the heavenly realm, they're not going to be celebrating today over our great wonders. They're going to be celebrating of a church on their knees, worshiping the blood of the Lamb, saying, you are our King. You are our Lord. You can do this. You are who you say you are. There is no brokenness in my life that you cannot overcome, God. And I give you permission today to take away the weeds. Everything is yours. So pray with me right now. Pray with me right now, God, I ask for your spirit, the spirit of repentance to come home to you, that we would be desperately honest of those places that need renewal, those places that we've tried to control, the places that we haven't seen you. 
God, I ask for a baptism of your love. I ask for a baptism of your love right now, Jesus, that you would just touch our hearts with the Father's love for us. And I just repent today as a corporate repent for us. I want to ask that you today with me, if there's anything in your heart that the Lord showed you that you would just give it right now and just... I'm not going to lead that in specifics, but just open your hands to him and say, Jesus, actually I am. Okay, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Follow with me now. We're going to just renew our baptismal battles. Just for you to repeat after me, Jesus. Jesus. And there, if you're in this room and you've never given your life to Jesus, we're going to give you an opportunity to recommit your life. Let's do it again, Jesus. Jesus. Say it again, just Jesus. I want, I want the, but I ask for the gift of intimacy right now. I ask for the gift of just your tenderness right now. And I just want you to think of the rubble. Jesus, I give to you, I'm going to repeat, I give to you my sin. You just repeat that to me out loud. I just, I give you, to, I give to you my sin. All my brokenness. All my fear. All the ways I haven't seen you. All the ways of my self-protection. I give you my heart. I give you everything. And I give you permission to make me new. I ask for your forgiveness. And I receive your forgiveness today. I want to live for you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with more of you. Break my heart for what breaks yours. I want to see as you see. Change my heart, Father. Holy Spirit, come. And I'll close by echoing that prayer today. Holy Spirit, come. And I pray that wherever we are today listening to this message that just like the men and women who joined with us in person at the Empower Conference, God, that you would come and move in us to make us more like you. God, increase our hunger that we could desire more of you in our lives, that we could let go of those things that hold us back and say yes to lifelong relationship. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, thank you for joining us today for this special Beyond Damascus production. And you can catch the rerun for this show or for our other shows. Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. We can be found wherever podcasts are found. We want to thank St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And we will be back next week with another show. So join us back here and we will see you all again soon. God bless and have a great day.